Hello my lovely opportunists, my name is Winter, I'm the editor and player character of Charity. I just wanted to give everyone a quick reminder to follow our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for tuning back in and we hope you enjoy. Hi everybody, I'm Corey, I'm the Dungeon Master, I'm here with Group 1, say hi everybody. Hello. Hello. It's been a while since we've actually been able to sit down, we've had a lot of stuff kind of going on with Group 1. Um, and then we've got the whole thing going on IRL, how are you guys doing? Still doing alright? Just kind of catching up with you guys real quick before game. I passed all my finals. <laughs> Congratulations. Awesome. Congratulations. I'll be starting classes in the next two weeks <laughs> again. Joy. Are you guys still planning on moving to uh, uh, Australia? Australia? Yeah. Maybe. If We're thinking we about it. All right. So last time we left off, you guys had gotten some news. Uh, you guys had been able to meet this gentleman, gather some information, hear some unlucky news. And I think the idea was is you guys were heading off to Eris to get down to what whatever the heck is going on. Um, because I think the last time you guys found out, there was talk of war. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. no. Maggie's having, she has a lot on her mind right now. <laughs> okay. So let's start with that. So let me go ahead and check the... Wonder real quick for you guys. That is the thirty. You guys are on the thirty sixth of Somora. Give or take. Yeah. Yeah, roughly. You guys are on the thirty sixth of Somora. So let's see. Um, yeah, you guys are only one day away from that. Okay, so you guys got to get approval <clears throat> one more day or so before I can give you that message. So, let's see here. You'll be able to travel 40 during the day, 40 miles, and then 40 at night as a total of 80. That can get you, so if you guys travel the way that you've been doing, through the day, through the night, making shifts, um, they can probably get you one third of the way through. It'll get you through the rest of the Bulba Forest and then the start of the desert. Um, if you guys are going through the desert, uh, and this is because you guys have characters who have made this journey before, um, you will need to make checks, um, which makes sense in the dead of day. You can kind of get mirages, um, just views of shit that's. Uh, can impact the way that you walk. Some things kind of like veer off. You might, you can get lost just by the pure view of it. Um, light blindness and all that stuff that you can get from the desert. Dehydration. Um, so after a certain point, I'll make you guys roll survival checks uh, to make sure that you guys are still traveling in the correct direction. Um, I won't do a whole bunch of them, but that also means that um, between checks, um, if there's a bad check, it could set you anywhere between a half a day's a half a day's travel off to like 15, 20 minutes. It could be really good, or if it goes unchecked, it could be really bad. So, tis the dangers of the desert, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Being a person that lived in the desert, that's understandable. <laughs> like, yeah. has actually lived in the desert, yeah. Yeah, driving through the desert. I drove through Arizona and New Mexico and all that, and it was—it's wild. My hometown. Woo! I went to Clovis. I don't know if you know where that is. I think it's closer to the Texas border. I'm not going to require a, a, a check for the first half because that's still mostly forest. So, who do we want to take the first shift, the day shift? And then who are we got doing the night shift? For the forest or for the desert? For the forest right now. We're just dealing with the forest. Right. Uh, I know Maggie was back in the house right now because she wanted to make sure that she can get to the desert. 
part because she's the most useful there. So right now she's awake, but she's downstairs in the basement doing, you know, all the research. And okay. uh, Charity was down there with her working on looking at all the files and organizing everything downstairs. Yeah, organizing it, basically. So Asan would, would have volunteered then if the two girls are going to go do research. Um, he would have asked Edmund and um, Willem if they wanted to join him. Willem would probably join in. Um, I think Edmund's going to shake his head. He's going to go back to his room. He said we'll nod. And, uh, and he'll, I guess, start the the caravan onwards. And, uh, you'll probably notice that he's in a bit of, a bit of a mood because of the, the conversation he had with his brother. Fucking bastard. Actually, I don't know if any of you guys heard that conversation. But, no, I d- no, we it. didn't. That's why Maggie didn't respond at all, and that was me all the time on text chat going. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> me freaking out, fucking bastard. Sorry. So Asan's probably in a bit of a mood. Would Willem notice the mood or pick up on the mood? I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty apparent. Um, Asan's usually real, relatively happy-go-lucky, and when he's not. It's like he's it'll be like for battle, he'll get serious and stuff. But normally he's just relatively easygoing. But right now you can tell he's he'd he'd be very tense and uh look look upset. Willem's gonna look at Aeson and just ask, Why the sour face? My um I tried to reach my father regarding the war in between Eris and Graydon, and he said some uncouth things and gave me the impression that he was not planning on helping me. He sounds like an asshole. You don't know the half of it. I never really liked nobles that much. They're always very high and mighty. <clears throat> Aeson will grin at that one, though. He'll grin, but he'll give a little cough. Oh, not you. You're fine. The other nobles. Uh, well, I've never very much fancied myself as a noble. I don't... I know that I am, but... Not many nobles you'd find doing what we're doing. Fair. They're not very hands-on people. And he kind of just gestures his hands in front of him. <laughs> no, most certainly not. We have a while to get out of this forest, but this should be relatively, relatively easy and and comfortable. Why don't you, uh, since we don't really have to focus, why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, what you had going on? You had to leave us for a while, and I'm glad you found us again so quickly. Oh, uh, I just had to run an errand for an old friend. Uh, he took me in when I was younger, so whenever he needs me, I just kind of do what he asks. So, so Asan will uh, turn to Willem when he hears that and say, well, I'm glad somebody was able to, to take you in. Uh, you're a good kid, and you deserve a family. And he'll look back forward. Well, I'm just going to quietly say, well, I'm not sure about that, but thanks. I'm usually pretty good at um, getting a read on people, and you you seem good. So I have to ask, does this mean that Charity and Everett are doing the, the day shift? No, we're on the day shift right now. Oh, sorry. You guys are out, and they're inside the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. Just wanted to make sure. Si, senor. And going back to what you said earlier, Willem, um, there are a lot of bad nobles out there, but there are also a lot of good ones. Um, my father, he's a a very kind and very generous man, and Maggie's parents, who are going to go rescue now they're 
some of the kindest people I've ever met. I'm sure there are some absolutely lovely nobles. I've just haven't had the best experience with them. Well, I'll try my best to change that for you. You're doing just fine as it is. A son will nod and turn back to look on the road ahead as he continues to make his way out of this forest. Making uh, my way downtown. Uh, yeah, uh, DM uh, Corey. Yes. We can get water in our house, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Because I was going to say, if we can't get water in the house, I was going to suggest we stop by the lake first, which is 40 miles, and then get out. Like, collect yeah, the water um, for the desert. But if we can get so water in our house. Around you guys, around the whole building is just snow. So as soon as the portal opens, there's, like, snow everywhere. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, Asan wouldn't... If, oh, if geez, Asan the steam that's that. going to come off of that? Sorry. Yeah, right? Looks like a door to hell. You open it, just... Sorry, go on. On the bright well, the side, snow cones in a desert. Yeah. Can you imagine eating snow cones in a desert? Well, oh, that, but God. what are we going to attract with that? Because, you know, people in the desert and... Okay, I'm sorry. I'll let my mind go when we desert get to the actual full. desert. Sorry. The door is only as long as only as open as long as somebody leaves it open. So as long as you guys are like click click in and out, you're good. You should be fine. There's potential, but there's potential for everything. It's what you're willing to risk. So let's see. Can somebody give me one D one hundred? On it. I want to see what your guys' luck is for the day. Can I do it because I have the lucky feet, and if it's bad, I can reroll it. Please don't do it. Wait. Eighty-two. Already down. We don't, we don't. We don't know what is good or bad with the the one hundred rolls. Yeah. I know, you can't but... do it after you know the result. <laughs> okay. All right, Maggie. I'll let you do this. Uh, give me a one d ten then, because I'm just nervous when we go through the Raja Desert because listen, I had another character that lived in the Raja Desert. And I... <laughs> Anyways, sorry. Well, she won't be here. I know, I know. So it's just a 1d10, you said? Yes. Hey! Hopefully that's good! (laughs) Fine. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, maybe I don't want this. Kig, take the power (laughs) back! I don't want it! (laughs) Take it back! What would you guys like to do? (laughs) I don't Um, know, I'm scared now. (laughs) I'm gonna sit in the library and be a good girl and shut up. Hands cover Maggie's mouth and slowly pull her back down to the basement to do more research. Yeah, <laughs> I love that image. I love that image in my head of Charity just being like, Maggie, shh, shh, it's okay, Maggie, just come downstairs. I'm scared. Okay, well, for the most part, the travel will be pretty boring. Um,. You guys have had a lot of excitement lately. So a normal day might seem, I don't know, either it's up to you. It might seem either really good or like really uneventful. You might have the jitters a little bit. Yeah, almost. When something going to happen just on edge, just waiting for it. Maybe I shouldn't have had coffee at a Mountain Dew because I am fucking hype. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry. There's, there's, there's this nice mellowness that comes to the day that you guys can kind of feel through interactions with each other. You know, Edmund might seem a little bit more chilled. Everett seems to know kind of what he's doing. So with the, with a nice evening of travel with you guys, there is going to be a sight to behold um, kind of once you reach the edge of this forest. The thing is, it's, your guys' shift is going to end. You guys will change shifts and, you know, maybe not even a half an hour after you guys do. Um, I'd say whoever is taking the night shift. Uh, let's see. Who is that? Who's doing night shift? Um, let's say Charity and Everett or uh, Charity, Charity Everett. and... Willem, are you heading back into sleep? Were you with the first shift? Yeah, Willem will head back into sleep and water his plants. 
Okay. I think Edmund's going to come out with you and Everett since he went inside to get some rest while you guys were talking. Because he went to his room. Because Aeson said he wanted to speak to him. And he immediately was like, nah, I'm, I'm a teenager. I'm one of my room. Ew. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would say these three people, Winter, not Winter, Charity, if you could roll me a perception check, please. Alrighty. Fourteen. Okay. Well, strangely, Everett will not see it. <laughs> um, That's different. That's scary. Um, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to put a placeholder in here real quick. Let's see. What is weird, different, contrasting, and perfect? Well, that's a little large. I don't I don't think it's going to be like that but uh let's say about here Now this is this is, doesn't seem like much This is a pretty large square it's uh probably about oh it wouldn't be that long So it it'd probably be a roughly 12 mile long spot of just tents caravans Infantry, military people, people from Eris, people from Luxbar. Um, there is an entire war troop sitting at the gates of Eris. Oh, joy. How close are we to Eris? You guys have reached here at this point. So oh, if we're guys... in the if we're in the if we're in the desert, then Maggie would definitely one hundred percent be outside. Sorry, I didn't get that clarification. Yeah. That's my just just on the fringe. They just arrived. They're kind of climbing through these trees. They're getting a fresh view of the desert, looking over to that sparking capital, and they just see the large plot of just bands of military. Okay. Um, Charity, wait, sir. It's Charity, Everett, and Maggie outside? Yes. Okay, so Charity would turn to the both of them and go, do you guys see that? And kind of point out the, uh, the arm. Cool. So they're going to make their way through the forest, uh, most of the day being pretty uneventful, pretty nice. Once you guys switch over, there'll be probably about a 30-minute period where you guys will be able to go inside and rest, where they will kind of breach through these trees, finally make it to the desert. Um, and they're just going to notice the kind of view for the first time. Uh, what they are going to notice is that there is a huge plot uh, for pretty much a war, a war march. Uh, it's a 12-mile-long encampment of just mm -hmm. mercenaries and people from Eris, guardsmen and military men. And, yeah. The good thing is I heard that part, so that's good. Good. Charity turned to you guys and uh, asked if you both saw the uh, the army out there. Uh, yeah. Do you want me to roll a perception as well then? Uh, no, because you would have been inside. So um, I think either Everett or I think Charity was thinking about going in and getting you guys to have this conversation. Okay, cool. All right, cool. Did Charity want to do that? Or Sorry. Do you want Everett I just wanted to make sure. Go. Um, you can make rolls while he goes to get them if you really want to. You want to get more information or see if you can gather anything. Yeah, because Maggie would have told Charity or whoever was going on that watch, if you guys got to the desert, please wake her or Aeson up. Eventually, you know, Everett will come in. He'll tell you guys there's something serious that you need to see. Normally I do his voice, but I don't think I can portray that with his voice because I'm just not good with that inflection. Uh, I can give it a try, though, if you really want. Which one is it? Everett. Everett's. Oh, you mean like the Scottish? I, I uh. think we have an issue you might want to see. Uh, That's pretty good. 
Yes, it's uh, lots of uh, weaponry and uh, swords. So, yeah, come see this shit. And then he'll walk out. You just gotta act like you have an opening in your throat and then you're rolling marbles in your mouth. And there you go. His son will rub his eyes. He's very tired. And then he'll stand up. Mm, what, ha- what happened? Hello? Um, what happened? They said there's something we need to see outside. Oh, are we in the desert? And Maggie's going to quickly go out. Um, she's going to put a, a, a like Asan's jacket around her because she has her nightgown on right now as she runs outside. So, as excited as you are, as you come out with uh, you know, your clothes and everything, you're gonna see that pretty nice sight. The 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 moon kind of hitting the sand just right, kind of glowing up a lot of bare bits of it. Um, you kind of got a bright moon out tonight, giving you guys a pretty good view because this is kind of getting a little later in the evening. Um, but again, you are gonna see that large, almost twelve mile span of just military. She's gonna look over at Charity and be like. What do you think we should do? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, we could add some time to our travels and try to go around them. But I don't think that'll work. <laughs> or I can talk to them and Aeson stays in the house. That can that work, work, too. That's what we'll need to do, because it'll take too long and no guarantee of working if we go around the city. And Maggie is nobility in the kingdom of Eris, so... I'll go inside and change. And she's going to quickly go inside. Mm -hmm. Asan will stay pretty much frozen with his gaze locked on on the army tents. Now, I will say this. If you guys do stay up, um, there's potential of getting exhaustion without yeah. sleep. Yeah, I'll, I'll, Maggie would risk it. Okay. Well, Maggie probably slept sometime during when Asan and um, Asan and Willem were doing their shift. Asan's the only one, have... I think, who probably hasn't slept. Yeah, no. No, I think Maggie was there with you the first shift. She was there talking with you about... No, Maggie wasn't there in the first shift. She was inside. She was doing studying with Charity. Mm -hmm. And then probably went to bed after she studied a little bit. I'm confused at these shifts. I gotta write these things down. Yeah, so the first shift shift outside was Willem and Asan. That was it. We keep screwing around with it. It's our fault. We're not doing, like, clear and concise. These two people work together. These two people work together. We keep all right, that's what we're doing next time. We're going to write this down. You're going to be locked <laughs> in. Well, I still would like to do a shift with Maggie, but she wanted to go study, and everybody else wanted Listen. to go inside. So Aesod was like, I'll just do it. Um, so you'll go and you'll get changed. Uh, mm-hmm. If you guys do travel for most of the night, uh, eventually you guys will, again, settle in the sand. Uh, about ready to change shifts. Real problem is, is if you guys don't sleep, there is no second shift. No, Asan, Asan is going to go back through. to sleep. Okay. A, a, he's going to try his best. Make make me roll something to see if I can actually go to sleep. Well, because I was going to have Maggie try to get Asan to go to sleep, and then she was going to tell him she was gonna she was gonna have a moment with him with his signet ring. So why don't why don't you just cast sleep on both y'all and then choose to fail it yourself? You can't fail it. It's 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 hit point dice, and I don't think they have enough spell slots to put Ace on out <laughs> without beating him bloody first. I was about to say I could just knock your ass out. <laughs> just uh, head with my ow, 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 I'm ow, ow. Um, I no, love you. Go to sleep. Quack, quack, quack. <laughs> I think I think we should have this moment while Asan's trying to go to sleep. Well, yeah, okay. fine. All right, so Maggie's going to be changing in the room, and then she's going to look over at Aeson, and she's going to look down at the signet ring, and she's going to be like, with us going into this territory, just know that my heart lies with you, but I can't wear this right now. 
A son will... And she'll put it in her pocket? Nod, but look... He'll look sad, but he understands. And she'll pat her pocket and be like, It's safe with me. No, it's still with me. Just know I can't wear it right now. Maybe you should leave it in here or with me, because if they search you for some reason and find it, it could be trouble for you. She'll sigh, kind of wanting to keep it with her, but she'll hand it over. My son will put it in a nightstand in his okay. next to his bed. And she'll give him a, quiz, a quick kiss and then run out. Asan will will be very melancholy and he'll do his best to get to sleep. But his mind is racing at the thoughts of all the uh all the the war party. At least the bed smells like hmm? Like Maggie, what? right? Mr. Roboto? <laughs> I said at least the bed the bed smells like Maggie. Yeah, but his mind is going wild. So That usually helps me with my mind. When my mind goes crazy, I just smell something good Tony's, and then it's okay. <laughs> That's so cute. That is cute. Once you get out there in the desert, um, whoever is going to be basically the lead on that shift, I need them to roll me a survival check. Roll you a what? I'm sorry? A survival check. Oh, um, Maggie would lead it just because that's her home territory, but I, ooh, okay. I mean, what do you consider who would lead it? Whoever is pretty much walking first. Whoever is physically leading the pack. There you go. Anyway, I got an 18. So. I think I'm doing okay. I think yeah. I'll be alright. <laughs> I'll just roll with it. 18 will be fine. Yeah, you guys will head through most of your shift just fine. Okay. I'm going to need two of those before the end of your shift. Right. Okay. Um, whoever is on this shift, let's go ahead and... Just so that I know, let's name whoever's on the shift now. So we've got Maggie. Yeah. Sound off. Hello. Charity. Charity. Everett. And, then, and that should be it. Yeah, because Everett doesn't really sleep. Too much. I mean, he sleeps, but not like... Yeah. Altered sleep schedule. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So then, let's have Charity roll us a 1d100. Then. All right. I'm going to give you Bardic Inspiration. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Ah. Oh. I'm totally. Oh no! Yes, actually, I'm just kidding. Kid, Char- no inspiration. <laughs> what, what do we got here? What do we got? What? I said it that I did. Forty-one. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's not one d eight. Is it really going to do all that much? <laughs> no, Listen. it's really not. The I will save it. I will. I will accept. You'll cherish your it. I will accept it, and I will hold it with me. And I will remember it, and I will use it when I need it. I'm glad you cherish my inspiration for you. <laughs> I will internalize everything you say. I promise. Unfortunately okay. for this one, the D8 will not change your fate. So, uh, instead, what we are going to do is you guys are going to go a little bit further into the forest. Desert. You mean into the desert? Yeah, that one. <laughs> that land. I was going to say, we better not have turned all the way around. I was about yeah. to say, I'd have a fucking conniption fit. <laughs> The one with the sand and the dead things. And the cacti oh, and the succulents man. that are adorable. Yeah. Sorry, anyways, go on. So the first thing you're going to notice is a jupe-jupe fruit. Uh, woo, woo, woo. Well, they're actually a delicacy from where you're from. So a jupe-jupe fruit, as you would know, Maggie, mm. um, basically has roots that travel all the way to the ocean. It filters Sorry. this water uh, and basically survives off of it. Sometimes they're farmed for fresh water into the desert. Uh, Maggie will whip around and be like, well, this tree right here uh, with the fruit is really good. Really, really good. Delicacy, really. 
Um, and the o and the roots go all the way to the ocean. So if we we really need water, we just need to find these trees and then just go to the roots. Yes. I mean, the good thing about having me with you is I can create water, and we also have access to the house, which has all of our water. Well, I, um, I, I understand, but if you run out of spell slots, it's a good thing to have. That's fair. Okay. Can Is I he... pick one of the fruits? Yeah, sure. I'm going to pick um, enough for the entire group, because I know that they're really good. Unfortunately, there will be only two ready to bloom, but two okay. of them can fill four canteens. Oh, okay, cool. That's kind of well, like then... a um, cucumber meets coconut yeah. kind of juice. Ah, okay. Um, Maggie will go to everybody that's on watch right now. And... Put the water in the canteens for them. Put the lime in the coconut. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> I could really use a margarita right now. A frozen one, to be fair. So. God, this noise suppression shit is amazing. Anyways, go on. All right. So after a little bit more trek, let me go ahead and get one more survival for the day. From me? Well, okay. whoever's leading, if ever it took over or Cherry took huh? over. Can I hear all that? Um, I didn't say no. Lucky? I said um, be lucky. I'll say lucky, yeah. Also, you can... Because that's a four right now. I know. <laughs> if... Okay, that's a 19. Okay, Ew. that's a little bit better. So, thank God for lucky. So, I have that. Maggie, have that dumb luck. Here's what's going to happen. Maggie's going to look at the map, kind of turn around, look at the surroundings, pretend like she knows where she's going, nod, <laughs> and accidentally start walking back towards the forest. And then Charity I'm going to be like, will, Charity yeah. will stop or look at the map. They'll both look at it and then they'll start heading back to Eris. I love it. It's like, you know, have you seen the Rotel Dorado with uh, the, whenever they're going through the map and everything like that? It's basically like that moment. I have the road to Viridian City stuck in my direction. Um, Pokemon child, sorry. Um, <laughs> so, eventually your guys' shift is going to end. You guys are going to be sick of pretty much seeing, well, probably not Maggie. But sand. Sand, sand everywhere. And we're talking, it gets in your shoes. It's going to get in your hair. When the wind blows, it might get in your mouth. Ugh. Yeah, it's not fun. It's definitely got that, you know, it could even be where you don't even know it's in your mouth. So you could go to speak to somebody and you can, like, feel the crunch in your teeth. It's just like, ah. Oh, that's the worst. I'll be honest. Yeah. But eventually you guys can change shifts. Um, I'd say rodeo. You, you might be having trouble getting some sleep, but you'll probably be able to get enough to not be penalized. Yeah. Um, so, adding the way to change shifts, Asun is going to um, pull Charity aside. Charity, um, I think now would be a good time if you have that extra set of robes. Charity will nod and pull her acolyte robes out of her pack and like hold them out to him. Like, Here you go. Um, the pin on the side's a little bit fussy. So if you need, you might need to come inside and grab like a uh, sewing pin and use that to hold it in place rather than the actual fastener it has. But otherwise it should all fit you and be the right everything. Thank you. And do you have perhaps an extra holy symbol? Have to play the part. She's she's oh she's um going to take the hold the wooden holy symbol on her warhammer and unwrap it slowly and hold it out <laughs> to you and she's like I swear to God, a son, if this uh if you break this, I will murder you. 
I will protect it. Smiling at you. (laughs) He'll smile back. I will protect it with everything that I have. Thank you. And she'll like a little bit more at ease place it in your hand very gently. So Asan will go back to his room and if Maggie's in there or not, I don't know. Um, but he will begin to take off his regular noble clothes and his armor <clears throat> and he'll go through the closet and pick out like a pair of more common clothes to wear underneath the acolyte robes. Oh yeah, Maggie would Maggie would help him. And he'll take those out and then he'll he'll take last but not least he'll take out his uh take off his brooch put it down um and then put the holy symbol he'll uh he'll wear it around his neck as a necklace style okay maggie keep an eye on my brooch if anybody sends a message please let me know of course. I'm waiting to hear from my father. <laughs> um, let's see. You guys are doing another shift. Do me a one d one hundred. Well, right before, right before Aeson leaves, too, he'll he'll lean down and give Maggie a kiss on her head, and then he'll feel different because he's got a lot more ease of movement in these, these robes, you know, it's a lot easier to move around in them. Um, by the way, she would move where like, he goes to kiss her head and he, she kisses him instead. Oh, adorable. Um, so Asan will, Asan will go out and hopefully meet Willem out there. If Willem is still coming. Yeah. Willem would still be out there. If someone woke him up, I'm not sure if someone woke him up though. Oh, Asan, Asan, go go check on him. Well, you'd probably find him in his room, tending to his plants. You know, just giving Willem, them some water, going? making sure they're still alive. Oh. Willem, are you ready for our shift? Oh, yeah, I'm ready for the shift. Where are we at the moment? Um, we're in the middle of the desert. Oh, then you're going to need this as well. And he takes off his um, necklace and hands it to you. Please take care of it. I think for now, you should keep it. I think I'll be fine until we get closer to the city. I don't think we'll be all the way there tonight. And I think and he'll point at his acolyte robes and his um, his acolyte robes and his you know everything else. I think, I think I am fairly unassuming right now. All right. Well, we must be off then. I said we'll nod and then lead the way out. And you said you wanted a 1D100, Corey? Yes, please. Let's let Willem do this one. Ooh, fun. You got this. That's a 40. Oh. Mm. Oh, lovely. Okay. Don't say that. You That's not a idea. Don't say <laughs> these words. For most of the journey, it goes uneventful. Until there's something that kind of really catches your eye, and it's going to fall in front of um, uh, Rodeo Scary. Aeson. Aeson, Jesus, how did I forget Aeson's name? Um, So landing in front of Aeson is going to be what seems to be slightly still flapping, but a burning um, enchanted note. Aeson will uh, reach down and pick it up. Alright, you'll kind of pick it up, the flames will still be flickering a little bit, you might give it like a little flick to get it out. Uh, but when you fold it open and start reading it, it's you get like three words. Everything is just burnt in it, and it just says um, from basically Lynn. Group two. Full signature. I believe you've gotten a message from her before when she was telling you about the 
the cure, the two components. So mm-hmm. you recognize the handwriting and, and all that. Oh, and Asan traveled with Lynn before. He definitely recognized her handwriting. Yeah. So what does it say? You can't tell. It's been charred. Um, Asan's going to look at the note. And then Uh, he's going to hand it to Willem and say, do you think you can do anything to make this more legible? If not, could you go check with Edmund? Maybe he knows something. Yeah, I don't have anything to make pages unburnt, but I'm sure um, Edmund might, and Willem will go back into the house and try and find Edmund, I guess. Okay. Um, he'll be brooding in his wizarding cell. Oh, God. Wizarding cell. <laughs> Willem will meekly and politely knock on the door. Okay. He'll just hear kind of like... Uh, Bubbling, brewing, incantation. You'll knock on the door. You'll hear stifling. You'll hear like things being tap tapestries being thrown on things, and then eventually you hear. Hi. So Aeson um got this random note and it's burnt and I don't know how to fix it. Do you have like a mending spell or something that can make it legible? Uh, can I see it? Yes. He hands it over. Oh, this is like. 90% gone. Uh, I don't think there's any saving this. Like, if there was, like, 10% left, like, 10% more, like, left, if I had, like, more than a corner and a signature to work with, maybe, but it's all... He'll stick his finger through it, and you'll see it just turn to ash a little bit. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be happy with that. Oh, well, we did what we could do. Somebody had to have casted that. This is magical paper, right? I assume so. It was a burning bird, and then it was a corner of a paper. Yeah, yeah, you need magic to cast that into fire. It doesn't just rain fire. You never know. In some places, it might. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. Take it back to Maggie, ask her if it rains fire, and if not, then take it to Aeson and let him know that somebody's following us. Alright, have fun with your mysterious experiments, then. And he'll walk off. Mysterious experiments, quote-unquote. You'll you'll hear the door close, and again, the meanderinth of bubbles and beakers, and yeah. So he'll head out to um to Aeson and relay the information. So he'll hop himself back up on the cart and look at Aeson and say, so Edmund couldn't fix it. Apparently if we had just a little bit more, he could have, but someone apparently intercepted it with a magic fire of some kind. Aeson will look around and see if his Elf eyes can catch anything. <laughs> Tell me what your elf eyes see. Um, oh my god. Roll me a perception for them elf eyes. Oh wait, I have magic Can I help with this? Um, that's a 14. I mean, you don't see anybody in the general vicinity. Right? So just a load of sand. Well, I was looking up too because the note came oh, yeah. from the sky. Um, so, really bright sun. I mean, wait, no, is it's this it, daytime. A really bright orb in I the think, sky that's called the sun. I think no, this is daytime. This is daytime. Nighttime. Nighttime. No, we're day. Nighttime. Daytime. Nighttime. Daytime. So, so the first first trek of the journey was me and Willem a day. So day, night, day. Yeah, we're day. I'm off by one because I'm getting prepped for the next one. So, yeah, blinding, blinding sunlight. Ow. Luckily, the robes are keeping me cool. Yeah, they are pretty breezy. and They definitely keep you out of the sun's light, so you're not getting any kind of, you know, sunburn. 
unlike Maggie. It good because Asan is very white. Listen. Yeah, I'd say uh, Maggie, unless you have some kind of sunscreen or you you kind of cover your head up, you might be starting to see the nice redness on your shoulders and neck of uh, some pretty uh, intense sunburn. Uh, I think Maggie would have at least gotten something to cover her head with because she knows about the desert, but like that's pretty much it. So she is a desert Just make bull. Sure. Just make it sure, because. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I, I know that your photo just has you in your, uh, your shirt, your top, and your. Do you have your hair tie in there on that one, or no, your hair's just short in that one. Hair tie. It's a different character, I think. Maggie's got short hair, doesn't she? Yep. He forgot that she is short. Um, um, she's been traveling a while. It could be medium length now. <laughs> hey, Corey. I don't know if you got a haircut. <laughs> hey, Corey. Mm. Yes. I am going to need you to, I think, maybe not, resend me the uh, the stats for the Rose Longsword. Okay. Um, I'll see if I have it real quick, but I don't. I think it was it was just a plus one longsword, right? That transformed. Yeah. yeah, it was just plus one, plus one attack and damage, and it changes forms. Um. Yeah, because right now I have it listed as the magic pair, but that's it's still the it's, magic pair. Well, I oh, don't know the, the magic the, pair, uh, shield the, the sword and shield. <laughs> yeah, the ones that are usually heavy without each other, but when pulled together, they give you an advantage in combat with them. Yeah, no. I'm so sorry, I mean, they're both the magic. They're, they're both plus ones, so that's fine. Yeah, I think it's just plus one, both ways. Yeah, I know what you thought, Maggie. Nobody that you can tell. Um, and if they are out there, they could also be using advantages like camouflage or illusions. Right. It's a really hard to perceive things in the desert. Asan will turn to Willem. Keep your eyes peeled. If we are being followed, um, we need to make sure that we're ready. Uh, something's going to click in Willem's head and it's going to be like, wait, eyes, I can see magic. And he's going to use his Eldritch Invocation of um, Eldritch Sight. And he's going to try and figure out what happened to the paper with that. Ooh, detect magic at will. Um, you can see a trace of magic in the air, but not where it came from. Just where it originated. Where did it originate? Dead center of the sky. My question oh, my is... Uh, does it look fresh or not? Oh, it's fresh. It would have had to basically have burnt the thing as it was falling to the ground. And, you know, that rush of air blazed the flame. The whole thing went up into a big burning pile. And So, Asan will, will turn to Willem, but only slightly, and say, do you see anything? He's going to look up and see where it originates and just kind of say, well, that's unfortunate. What do you see? Well, I can see the path that it took down to us, but I can't see like where the spell was cast. I can see where the spell originated, and it's up in the sky. That happened recently? Looks like it. You might want to go get someone else from inside some of the others and Asan will remove his rose and put it on his lap alright Willem heads inside and begins his search for qualified people by the way Willem, Willem doesn't wear much so would he be getting sunburnt right now um probably yeah uh, how how tender would you say his skin is? Um, he'd be fairly sensitive to the heat. Oh, yeah. sweetie. At oh, sweetie. Point, yeah, at this point, you might have, like, the bubbles in the skin. <gasps> the little, little tiny Ooh, bubbles. Blisters. Oh, yeah. no. Might be pretty bad at this point. Oh, sweetheart. Because you got nothing shielding and it. It's just direct sunlight on like the back of your neck. And for like the first few hours, it's like, I don't feel nothing. 
And then it's just like your body's like, oh my god, we're on fire. Oh, that's the like worst time. You just get red. Oh, get dark, that's the worst bubbly. kind of sunburn. Oh, that makes yeah. my back hurt. Yeah. Willem's gonna head into the portal and he's just gonna roll around in the snow for a couple minutes. Oh, don't do that! <laughs> oh, don't do that! Oh, I mean, he's never experienced sunburn. Sorry, like, that's my automatic reaction. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, go on. It'll tingle. Um, it'll It'll really almost feel like it's searing a little bit. Um, but there is, after a bit of calmness, when you realize that not moving and just keeping the cold pressed to it actually isn't so bad. Um, yeah, it's, it's... Other than that, though, you feel like every little tiny fleck of snow on the back of your back, so... So he's going to be in pain. So he's just going to lie in the snow and he's going to not go in the house. He's going to telepathically talk to people. <laughs> he's going to telepathically talk to uh, uh, Charity, Maggie, and basically everyone in the house. He's going to say, I'm in pain and there's magic outside. Can someone help? Maggie's going to immediately bolt being the mom kind of thing she is charity hears that he's in pain and runs yeah oh, and maggie will come out i'm sorry go ahead oh no, no, no. it's okay uh maggie would run out and see him and go oh honey who oh, sweetheart come on oh, um i would say that once you guys got there especially charity you can see a few points of healing you can get rid of the burn um, he'll have to wait for the redness to go away, and then as all sunburns do, it'll have to peel off. Yeah, Maggie would ha- has an idea for the pain, because I have a home remedy that I do to get rid of sunburn pain. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, eventually you guys will meet him out in the snow, um, where you guys can go over more details, because so far he's just told you magic outside. Yeah, that Maggie's going to get him inside. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's gonna go slaughtered outside um, because get of the time the, that it took. Get tea. Uh, she's going to get tea bags. And she's going to soak them up and get them all readied. And then she's going to be like, sit still, dear. He's going to like have his leg bouncing, but he's going to try and sit still the best he can. Oh, yeah, no, no. She's just saying like to have, and she'll put her back to him. I mean, his back to her. And she will start putting the tea bags on the burn. And it helps with the pain and the itching. And depending, like, if you put chamomile tea on it, it's very soothing. What's up? I cut out a bit. I missed, like, the first half of that. Oh, I was just saying that if if you have uh, chamomile tea, it helps really, really well. Okay, good to know. I'll keep that in mind the next time I get sunburned in real life. So basically she's, <laughs> she's basically just trying to help him with the pain right now, and it also helps with the peeling process. Oh, well, that's good. He's gonna, like, his leg's gonna stop bouncing a bit after, like, the pain subsides and the itching's gone. And he's gonna calmly explain what happened. So, there was a message... But the message was burnt by some magic in the sky. And we tried to figure out where it was from, but we couldn't. And we know that the letter is from Lynn, but we don't know where the magic's from. Do I know anything about that? Uh, About the flaming magic or about the message from Lynn? Yeah, like, have I heard anything about people doing that to letters and stuff like that from nobles and stuff Um... like that? Like any nobles that do that to, you know, interfere, you know, in the court's way. Does that make sense? Sometimes in times of war, there are enchantments that are placed in areas so that Mm -hmm. traitors can't send messages. So, like, regardless on, on whose team you are, unless you have a caster who knows about a barrier... If you try to send a message while you're in the desert to, say, Graydon, or from Graydon over, or from any other territory other than where you're at, it'll scorch it in the sky before anybody can read it. Maggie's gonna sigh. So, 
this might be a possibility, but this uh hmm is seeing that Eris is at quote unquote war right now. They will put enchantments in the sky to make sure nobody's sending letters, no matter what side you're on, unless you have a caster that knows that. So that's probably what's going on. Someone should probably go outside and tell Aesong he's a bit on edge. Of course he is. Um, I'll go check on him. Unless Charity will. Well, Charity was just going to say, I mean, can you blame him? Um, no. She'll send Maggie out. Mm-hmm. Um, Maggie will go out. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, Maggie's gonna walk across the snow and then go outside. Asan, if she comes outside. Yes. Um. So. I there is an enchantment in the sky that makes it hard for us to send letters. Are you sure that's the case? It might be because that's what they do in Eris whenever there's a war, no matter what side you are, unless you know about it. So that could have happened. It's a possibility, a lighter possibility than what you're probably thinking. As she sits down beside him. My son will nod. I can't believe that we're at war. But maybe we can stop it. And she puts his her hand on his. Maybe, maybe we can get it to not. I don't know. But we should try to. Let's focus on getting to Eris first. I know. We need <clears throat> to focus on getting the cure to your mother, and then. I don't know what to do. She's going to run her hand through it, like kind of rub the back of his neck and stuff like that and run her hand through his hair, trying to calm him down a little bit. I don't know if I can show my face there to try to help do, and he'll put his hands in the air and do like little quotes, noble things and talk to them. I don't. I feel like if I show my face in Eris, I will be taken prisoner and possibly killed. That's why we will put you in hiding until then. I don't know what I can do other than just be there. And that's all you can be sometimes. But I have a feeling my brother is doing some bad things back at the capital. Yep. And she'll she'll grip his hand really tightly when he she talks about his brother. He said some uncouth things about the people of Eris that bothered me greatly. <sighs> Your brother has a lot of things to say, but they're empty words. As much as his mind is. I know, but he could be using using his power of the way he knows how to talk to manipulate others in the court, manipulate my father. Well, then we will have to talk louder and with better wit and just make them believe that We are the better, and we are the, and we are the ones that the people should listen to. I'm just wondering if I have to go back to stop him. That might be a possibility, Aeson. We just have so much we have to do. We have to find and protect these relics. We have to save your mother. We have to take. Edmund to um, uh, Hazel. We have to take Edmund to Hazel. And if we have to go all the way back to Graydon, too, 
We have to go what? We take Edmund to Hazel. We made him that deal. Nagy's gonna sigh. Yes, we have a lot on our plate right now, but let's focus on what we have right now in front of us. Because if we focus too much on what we ha the whole plate, our minds will be overflown. Aethon will nod and lean his head into Maggie's, just rest his head on hers. She'll lean into him and just kind of rub his back, trying to comfort him as much as she can. You should go back inside and get rest. I know tonight will be the the last leg of the trip. You're right. I should. Um, just, I know that you like to be stuck in your head sometimes. So, and I know it's hard to do. Trust me, I know. But try to focus on the task at hand, okay? It will work out, I promise, okay? I said, will nod. And I saw the burns on um, on Willem. You could you could have him stay in if he wants. Yes, I I am doing my own little home remedy to help him with that. So hopefully, we need to get that boy a hat. I'll start looking around in there to see if I can get him anything that will help with the sun. All right. The scarf. He just didn't think to wear it. <laughs> We'll go get some sleep <laughs> here. She'll sit there for a little bit longer. And then she'll um, give him a, a, a slight um, kiss on the cheek and she'll smile at him, like gripping his shoulder a little bit. And then she'll go back into the house thing. He'll pull the baggy move and when she goes to kiss his cheek, he'll turn and kiss her. She'll laugh a little bit at him and just smile as she goes back in. Uh, his his spirits have been lifted a little bit, but he's he is he is on edge. There's a he, foreign important noble in enemy war area. Uh, yeah, no, I know. Maggie was just trying to help him a little bit. She <laughs> I does. know he's still scared though. Oh, I mean, he has every right to be, <laughs> but okay. Maggie's just like, just focus on this. It's gonna be okay. So this is sort of like to the end of day shift, right? Into yeah. night shift? Yeah. Who's, who's taking over night shift? My guess is it would be the same group as last night, which would be Maggie, Charity, and uh, Everett. Making sure. So before we end for the night, I want to get the night shift out. Because the end of the day is going to come. You guys aren't going to see any other signs of people. So, you know, that hypothesis of, well, maybe it could be the barrier. As you guys start walking through the night, things start getting dark. The The desert's going to start really getting cold. Uh, where the temperatures were insanely warm in the evening, at night they dip down almost sometimes close to freezing. Sometimes below freezing. Um, the desert is a pretty extreme place. I want only Maggie um, to, <laughs> roll, to, to roll me a perception check. Because <laughs> you're the only one who's going to know what they sound like. <gasps> Not those things. Oh, no. Lucky, I'm using lucky. Nope, I'm using another lucky. Mm, okay, not doing so that was a perception of a nine. We're going to roll a lucky. This, uh-uh. That's another Check nine. Can you use another? Like... Can I use my no, last lucky? I'm serious. I'm lucky. You slept. You did a long rest. Yeah. You get three per long rest, right? Okay. Well, then I'm using another fucking lucky because this is ridiculous. I feel three. like I feel like it's like really fast. She's it, like she senses it, but like it moves so fast that you can't see for like the first two times, and then That's she funny. sees it. <laughs> okay. so, like you know in the horror nine. movies. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. You rolled a nine, and, and because this is going to be your second roll in the same roll, I'm going to make this cost two, so you've used all your luckies. That's fine. That's what I was figuring. So, a nine, <laughs> nine, and then a 21. You're going to hear the sounds of what is known as a dust dog. No! Um, there's probably a pack of 
Judgment Brothers sound at least three that you can hear separately. There could be more. Uh, Maggie's gonna, uh, she'll be like, those are, um, dust dogs. Can you hear them? And she points around. To, I'm assuming we can hear the noise, we just wouldn't know what it is. Yeah, it's, Um, it's somewhere between the hissing of sand and the howl of a a wolf of some kind. Almost. Right. Do I know what to do with them? Like, do I know that I, you should just keep moving or you need to stop moving? Like, um, For the most part, they are relentless hunters. Mm-hmm. Um, they are used for hunting in the desert by mm-hmm. the noble family. Uh, and in times of war, they can also be guard dogs um, uh, to the territories. Uh, these things can all but teleport through the sand, kind of like a shadow stalker can teleport through shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a nasty, venomous bite. So what would Maggie recommend that we do? Not get bit, because you can become paralyzed. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, and move, 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 and if you see one, murder it. Okay. She's going to be the like... only thing that's going to stop it. She's going to be like, okay, so about these things, they're called dust dogs. We see one, we don't hesitate to kill it. It will kill us. It will, it will not hesitate and don't get bit. Why, why, don't, why don't get bit? What, what does it do? It can paralyze you. Oh, oh, lovely. Okay. All right, well, let's uh, let's let's get going and keep. So yeah, just keep, just yeah, 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 yeah. Just keep moving, and if we see one, kill it on sight. Don't, no, 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 no regrets. Nothing. Anything that moves, kill it. Got it. Pretty much. As you guys now are pretty much aware of what is following you, could be potentially even getting closer. We don't know. I think that would be a good place to end it uh, for you guys traveling. Hello again, Optunists. My name is Winter and I play Charity V Tiefling Cleric. I wanted to say thank you for listening to us. We hope you enjoy our episodes as much as we do. Don't forget to like and follow our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Special thanks to Purple Planet Music as we use their music for our ambience and sound effects. Also, thank you to Cobalt Press as we use some of their monsters to keep our games feeling lively. Again, just a huge thank you to you guys, our listeners, for enjoying this journey with us. And remember, keep your opportunities open.